twisted listeners. And twisted readers everywhere. And writers. Yes, right. Um, how are you all today? Don't answer. It's they okay. Can't. It's like, uh, that's like when we don't want kids to tell people, how did you like my book? I mean, how did you like my story? Right. Don't ask people who can, can only answer. listen to us answer. Yes. Yeah. So. Don't ask them questions. That's okay. Well, um, yeah, so today's another book review that, uh, it is. again, it started off so promising. It it really did. So the book is called The Writing Retreat right? Um, by Julia Bartz. And this, I'm going to go ahead and just read you the summary. And, and Kim and I will share like why we were kind of drawn to do this book from the summary. Mm-hmm. Alex has all but given up on her dreams of becoming a published author when she receives a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Attend an exclusive month-long writing retreat at the estate of feminist horror writer Rosa Vallow. Even the knowledge that Wren, her former best friend and current rival, is attending doesn't dampen her excitement. But when the attendees arrive, Rosa drops a bombshell. They must all complete an entire novel from scratch during the next month. And the author of The Best One will receive a life-changing seven-figure publishing deal. Determined to win this seemingly impossible contest, Alex buckles down and tries to ignore the strange happenings at the estate, including Rosa's erratic behavior, Wren's cruel mind games, and the alleged haunting of the mansion itself. But when one of the writers vanishes during a snowstorm, Alex realized that something very sinister is afoot. With the clock running out, she must discover the truth or suffer the same fate. So we were like, I sent it to her. Like it popped up on my on my Facebook and I'm like, ooh, we should read this. As Kim said, it started out so promising. We really like Jake Kaiser's book. So this isn't like... <laughs> Yeah, we don't, we really do talk about books that we like. And I didn't, mm, I feel like we didn't dislike this as much as Box and The Perfect Marriage. Right. The issue is the premises are so strong. And Jen and I love writing. And so, what a a perfect book for two people who love writing to read. So, I think the characters who they chose were a little immature. There were too many characters. Too. There's too many characters. So the, the thing that threw me off, it's called, there's an embedded story or a frame story in, in this novel, which is one Within of the, the writers story. has is telling it. We get a chapter of her book, every other chapter, the one that she's writing within the story. And I could have done without all of it. And I imagine you listened. So I think it was probably even harder. At least I got to read it in italics. There were, it was, and the, the story within a story was set in the same house as the story. (laughs) So, and, and the, like an event would happen and then a similar would event would happen in the story. All I needed to know is that she got her words in that day. Yes. Because so part of this thing, this, this, writer retreat that she got to go on there was a lot of weird backstory about how she got to be in the competition that wasn't really like totally necessary somebody dropped out somebody dropped out but then they took her and her best ex-best friend current rival even so and former lover that we found out yes and we found out former lover as well 
it was, there were just a lot of different things happening. And there were, I feel like all of the characters were like cliches. They they were very much cliche. Even the um, woman who was um, organizing the, the whole thing, because she comes in and she's kind of, you know, she's their idol. This writer, but to this a weird extent, I even texted Kim this question because it's talking about um, she's talking about how much she really wanted to do this writer retreat. And she actually says, and I'm going to actually quote from the book after I scroll back up here because it was so odd. And I missed it in the reading, probably because I was trying to do 50,000 things. Well, and you were listening, so it's different. Not a problem. Okay. So I texted her and said, would you ever be so obsessed by an author that you had a picture of her as your lock screen? Yeah. Kim was like, uh, no. And I'm like, yeah, same. So in the book, it says, these are this quote, I pulled up Rose's recent New York Times magazine interview intent on infusing her signature badass energy into my tepid life. I'd <laughs> even I'd even use the main picture, Rosa lounging on stone steps in a floor link sequined gown as my current lock screen. Rosa stared directly at the camera, her expression a little amused, maybe even teasing. That's a lot to to unpack in a picture from a picture. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rosa herself was a cliche. She was the archetype author who was in control of everything. And so what they had to do, they had a month there and they had to write an unbelievable 3000 words a day, which if you've ever tried to put yourself on a writing plan, I mean, that's a lot. That's like that is I've been able to do 500 words a day and keep it, keep it going. Like there's no way I could do 3,000 words a day. One of the things that this book did do was make me at the beginning, at least made me want to write. I mean, not 3,000 words a day, but I was like, ah, wow, that would be kind of cool to be somewhere and forced to write. The main character is of course, of course she is struggling with, an writer's intense, yeah, writer's block. Mm-hmm. Intense. Um, and so then the girls, I think there are five of them, right? Five, yes. Five ladies, young. They had to be under thirty, which was a requirement I never understood. And Alex, main character, kind of struggled with the fact that she was thirty. Like yeah, that, like she got let into the. To me, that's stupid. Like, what? Like how she like it? There were a couple of pages. With her wrestling over the fact that she was already 30. Right. But it's just a matter of months, probably. From Anyway. So yeah. the, the people were young. And she befriended somebody. Um, and they, they kind of came together. She figured out Ren was going to be there. And then when she got there, um, they had put Ren and Alex in the same room, which was a problem. Then they they switched rooms so she wouldn't have to be in the same room with her. Um, yeah. And we know that there's some incident that has happened between Alex and Ren that ended up bloody, but we didn't get to know the details till later in the story. Yeah, like actually bloody. Like, yeah. Um. So, so what they would do is they would meet with Rosa, and they would they had to write down what was it a a a book proposal the first day or so that mm-hmm. they were there, and 
um, then they got feedback from Rosa, which I was like, that's cool. But Rosa <laughs> kind of shot a couple of them down. She was very honest, you know, and then it just it just happened to be that Alex wrote like historical fiction, which she wasn't familiar with writing. And to me, if you've ever I mean, do you like historical fiction? As a, I do sometimes like historical fiction. Like I Outlander, when I think of uh, historical fiction, I think of Outlander, the Outlander series. Diana I mean, Gabaldon. I do enjoy myself some Outlander. Oh my God. That is like the, the quintessential, you know, because I actually wrote her and asked her, and she actually, this was before she was hot shit. Um, she said she'd never been to Scotland ever. No it, way. When she wrote the first book. I once wrote a whole series of short stories about traveling back in time to the Oregon Trail um, for like a classroom assignment for like sub plans that had oh. like all these different activities. Fun. Um, That's really cool. Do you have those? Maybe somewhere. I could maybe find them somewhere. Yeah, I've, you know, and I wrote so much and my computer blew up. So I've lost yeah. a lot of my writing. I've, so, I've... I mean, they were for like kids, but here's the funny thing. There was when we taught at the second school together there was a teacher on that team that i absolutely abhorred <laughs> he dis disliked intensely and um we had a big team meeting where we were all supposed to i don't know what the purpose was bring something for sub plans like it was like a big sub plan a palooza type thing yep. and um unbeknownst to her Oh, what was it was before um, teacher pay teachers. There was something like there was some other site similar where you mm -hmm. could upload your stuff um, and people could download it. And she had downloaded that not <gasps> knowing it was me. it was yours. It was mine. I mean, and I had put it out there to be used by anyone else. Um, but did I she had claim it to be hers. No, she didn't claim it to be hers. But I had a lot of fun being like, that's mine. I wrote it. Mm hmm. And she mm -hmm. was like, no, you didn't. I found it on blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, the username is blah, 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 oh, blah, blah. I bet she felt all shades of stupid. Yeah. No, that was fun. But um, so I do. Wow. Oh, I think there is so much research that goes into historical fiction. That's what I'm saying. Like for Diana Gabaldon, not to have been to Scotland, but to have written outlander oh God. Yeah. the way it was written like if if you've never i mean outlander is just it's got to be one of my favorite all-time books the series oh, yeah. it's a huge series it is but when i heard that alex in the story was going to write historical fiction i was like with no internet right and that that really that put like i know that my touchstone of historical fiction is probably like i couldn't compare outlander to the embedded story within this book but for me, historical fiction takes she she didn't have anything to base it on. And she even said that, like, that wasn't where she was going. And a lot of people people wanted to already bring a story that they had started. Yeah. And you had to start over. You had to start over from scratch on a, of a story you've never written, which I think is fascinating. Um, but then to go, you got writer's block. Then you are inspired somehow or pushed to write historical fiction Without the capability of doing research. Yeah. I, because, I okay. would have to do research to even describe clothing or. So, I, I think I could write historical fiction, but I, it would I, take. Yes. It would take research. I would love. I actually think I would love to write historical fiction. 
but it, I think it's it's a, a time consuming. So okay, when so Alex is writing the story. When was the time period of the story she was writing? What was that supposed to be? Uh, like a hundred years prior, right. so maybe two hundred, a hundred and between a hundred and two hundred years prior. Okay, so it was old. So one of the phrases she used that totally took me out of the story was that the girls in this embedded story felt bohemian. And I felt like that was not a phrase they would have used 200 years ago. Bohemian, a person such as a writer or an artist living an unconventional life, usually in a colony with others. Its first known use was in 1555. So, okay. all right. So I mean, I'm it's possible. Being, I'm being very. I picky. think we think of it more as like a fashion mm-hmm. term now than. So they start their writing and. There, people are starting to kind of um, align with one another. It kind of reminded yeah, me of like, a, um, yeah, a reality show, which probably would have been a better um, premise for this. If it yeah. had been a reality show and then you would see what they were doing behind the scenes as opposed to what the what we saw them doing. Yes. Because I was like, because I'm, I'm not trying to make things better. I don't think what my idea is better. But when my brain goes directly, when you're re- reading something, your brain goes directly to, huh, that would be really intriguing if it were done this way. Because then we yeah. could understand the archetypal characters as we see them on the screen. And then we could see all their dark sides or their different sides to themselves as we saw them, you know, when they're not filming. Yeah. But that's just me. Mm. Um. Where did you, when did it kind of go downhill? LSD night. Yes. I texted you on that. Yeah. The night, like everything seemed to be, I was actually probably pretty intrigued. And then the writer who has the, are there, there's two women that work there. One's a kitchen, like the cook, and then there's an assistant that lives there that like, is kind of like a maid that answers the door, kind of like a, like a butler, but it's Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't picture them no not the, at the all one they who had cooked always different... yeah. yeah she wore jumpsuits and reminded me of the coach in glee like that's who i you know the female that's what coach. you imagined <laughs> yeah the, okay. that's the way they described her and i was like it can't she can't be like that character anyway gone i'm sorry i interrupted you so no it's fine so it was they there's punch there was punch they were drinking right. punch and they drank wine every night which so yes. another beverage or cocktail hour they had to make it to cocktail hour every night, which I thought was a little pushy. Maybe you don't want a cocktail every night. LSD night, they basically spike the punch right with the yeah. LSD, mm-hmm. and somebody, one of the characters, goes up to their room to trip alone because she was pissed off because she was drugged. Kira, right? Yeah. Yes. And I'm trying to remember, and I don't remember now because I don't, I don't. There was a reason she was really upset about it because she didn't well, want to be drugged. So, she was so well, right? And she's starting to say that's not okay. And yeah. Then Taylor was it Taylor who was in the group said, "Oh, it's fine. Haven't you ever tripped before? Not a big deal." And so then Alex goes off with Poppy, right? Right. Poppy's another Poppy. character. They they go down into the basement yes where then poppy disappears and then like a scene from the book that she would that alex was writing kind of enacts itself with like 
she was having a it was the character that she was writing about the historical fiction was possessed by like a spirit and they had sex and it's yeah but and that happened like in the trip but she didn't know if it really happened if she had if she just dreamed she was tripping that she was having sex with this godlike creature or or she wondered if it was Ren messing with her yes it, it was so and i that just lost me and then it was like two days later that they realized the girl she went down into the basement with was missing which makes no sense to me because of how they had to be in certain places at certain time all the time well this reminded me of a scene in the perfect marriage where one of the characters has ghostly sex with somebody that yeah it was explained later but i was so anyway that put me and this out. was explained later as well but mm-hmm. weird 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 just the whole thing like i mean i'm all for suspending disbelief but right, so and it was just it was confusing it just after that and so um it just kind of went to um a combination of mystery a little bit of suspense a lot of paranoia a lot of narcissism a lot of supposition and then the attempt to escape. So this is funny. Yes. Right. Because they have to escape. Um, Here is a review that I'm like, Oh, this is exactly pretty much what you and I just said. The story had a very good premise. The two, the two main characters with lots of history between them are well-drawn and interesting. The writer keeps the pages moving in the beginning by about midway through the story by a, by about midway through, the story goes off the rails. By the ending, you're begging for it to be over. <laughs> Too many depraved psychopaths in one book. You had the people vying to be Rose's secondhand lady. You had the jilted people who were working for her. One needed the job for her daughter. Yeah. You had... Do we do we spoil, like, the premise? Do we... No, I mean, if people are okay. listening to this, they probably have read the book. Yeah, well, yeah, or they're not going to now. So somebody else wrote, so this author hits on almost every woke hot button there is, whether or not it improved or was even remotely relevant to the story, though it's probably what got it published. Characters were not well drawn. I didn't care about any of them. Mm-mm. It seemed like almost all of them were psychopathic to some degree, which made the point that the story was supposed to be turning on into a big yawn, not a jolting surprise. And the ending was so far-fetched, it came with a passport. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> was, of course, we find out Rosa is the mother of psychopaths, and she never wrote any of her books. No. So basically... She did things like this writing retreat. Her big goal was to steal one of these people's books. So one of the people was going to actually get their book published so that she could continue to have. So she could continue to have these types of contests because that's where she got her books. So one of the people was going to basically be brainwashed into giving Rosa their book to publish under well Rose's the brainwashing name. was you won't get published by yourself you need me this is the only way you're going to get your story out there so mm-hmm. she's very manipulative on that and um so taylor was like kissing her booty and wanted to be the next person but she'd already stolen her book mm-hmm. 
She had already stolen Taylor's book and she had already stolen the book of the lady who was like the butler. Yes. And then and they right. all are her lovers as well. Yes. So at the end of the book, the, it was down to two, two people because people were getting murdered. I mean, and killed. And kept in a prison under the house. At, at the end of the book, they put the writers in like a jail cell. And they didn't really feed them. They couldn't bathe because there's a lot of commentary about how badly she smelled. And they were using the bathroom, I guess, in that cell and didn't clean it out. Right. But then they were made to write. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So somebody else said, I pre-ordered this book based on pre-publishing hype. Uh This is a little harsh. It says there was nothing to like about this book. The main character is sniffling and always feeling sorry for herself. When it comes time for her to act, she is so indecisive that she freezes and puts others at risk. And then it says, this is mostly a writer's ploy to add pages to the text since there's not enough of a plot to make a complete book. Mm -hmm. At least one third of the book is about a book being written in the retreat. Again, the author is using up pages to supposedly further the storyline. Because this book then delves into the supernatural associated with the house and supposedly saves them all. And then there are the erotic episodes that serve no purpose. End of the book, the main character escapes. Rosa yes. was never caught by the police and it's a snowstorm. How yes. the hell she got out of that house and traveled the way she did because there was a snowmobile that one of the um, characters tried to get away with on. and. So it's Kira, I believe her name was, and Alex were going to go, but then Alex felt the need to go save her, her friend. Old best friend. friend, yeah. Right. Um, so she goes back to the house, and okay, we find out Kira was stopped or whatever the snowmobile, and then I don't know how Rosa escaped, and then I don't know, and then very- she, yeah. So when she escapes, she like becomes famous, and her book gets published, and all the hoopla that goes along with it, right? Mm-hmm. And. She gets like a communication from Rosa, like I'm always cheering for you, or yep. like You're, your book yeah. was fabulous. I helped create this in you. And the main character was kind of bittersweet because she said, you know, if I if I hadn't been held captive and been, you know, exposed to murder and drugs and manipulation and torture, I never would have written this book. And basically, if you have ever tried to write a book, that's probably true. So she then she's like she was kind of torn between the evil psychopathic nature of Rosa and the fact that that evil psychopathic nature inspired her book. So it's called The Writer's Retreat. I'd give it two and a half stars. I was going to say two and a half, which is high. No way. No, I was going to say two and a half because it started well. Mm -hmm. Again, here is where my question is, is in the editing process, you pay for an editor and and the editors are letting the shit go. Are we just, are we dumbing down and diluting, like, the process of writing a good story? I mean, I did have an embedded story in my my first manuscript, and she said, unless it is compelling and it doesn't drive the story, I would take it out. And so every time I see one of those stories, I'm like, sometimes it works. I think Frankenstein had one. I think there's some that really, really work, but I don't know if that's the norm to really have to have a another story within a story because it did nothing they could you could take all of that out all of her story out and, and it, it wouldn't would make a damn difference in the in the story yes so 
maybe so this is on shondaland.com um an interview that's on that website. So Andrea Bartz is Julia Bartz's sister, and she is author of the New York Times bestselling thriller and 2021 Reese's Book Club pick, We Were Never Here. Did you read that? I haven't read that. No. As well as 2019's The Lost Night, 2020's The Herd, and The Spare Room that is coming in June. This is her sister who wrote this book. So um, it seems as if the one sister's trying to ride on the coattails of the other sister. See, but I think a lot of times what happens is you have an idea. And I think the writer's first instinct is probably going to be the right one. But then the editor is looking at what will sell. And what will sell now is just... Dumbing, yeah. dumbing shit down. That's what we think about this book. All right. So I said that we have become the the book bashers, except for Jake's book, which we loved, which proves that we can love books. Um, mm-hmm. But autocorrect changed it to the book badgers. So Because we're digging in. We are digging in. We're yep. digging in. Twisted teacher book badger. Twisted um, teacher book badger. All right, um, my friends, stay twisted and keep reading really bad books. <laughs>